Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everybody and welcome to the 71st episode of the DMVR Nuggets' Serbian Corp. My name is Miroslav Cuk and I have some pretty exciting news to share with you, just not at this present moment. And before you ask me, no, I'm not transitioning into a Lakers fan. The Nuggets ended their longest homestand this season with two games this week. First, they played against Zion and the Pelicans. Wow, that sounds like a 1974 science fiction movie starring Sean Connery wearing leather pants. No, wait, that's Zardoz. Anyway, the Pels came to play and they were red hot from everywhere. Zion, sure. Ingram, of course. But the rookie Jordan Hawkins delivered seven three-pointers and the Nuggets were down 20 mid-second quarter, despite Jokic delivering 22, 8 and 8 in the first half. The Nuggets couldn't stop anything and their own open looks were just going in and out repeatedly. Then the second half came and the Nuggets went from minus 12 to plus 18, delivering haymaker after haymaker. Sure, Jokic ended the game with 35 point triple dozen on 67% true shooting, but the real story of this game was scorching hot Julian Strotter with 21 points in 19 minutes on 8 of 13 from the field and 5 of 9 for 3. Yeah, you've heard that right. He's taken 13 shots in 19 minutes. Then, two days later, the mighty Warriors came to town. Draymond had personal reasons to duck Jokic. Just before the game, Woj reported that what we all feared, that Jamal would probably miss the rest of November with his injury. Yet somehow everybody was talking about the shorthanded Golden State. It was a close game. Denver was controlling the game through the first three quarters. But he had some problems in the fourth. Jokic was hitting everything he wanted except for the free throws. So the Warriors almost took the game into overtime. Honestly, pre-injury Clay would probably control the ball and had a good chance of hitting that last season, uh, last second heave. I don't know if I'm lucky with the guests lately or if some kind of smart meteor hit the Nuggets nation after winning the championship, but you guys will love who I have on the show today. First, probably the first name uh, in the Nuggets Twitterverse I've learned, not counting Adam and Brendan that literally made me start using Twitter eight years after I registered with no intention of ever using it. He is the best Nuggets artist in the world, if we don't count those that also make Devin Booker for MVP shirts. He is the father of Nuggets Reddit, but most importantly, my brat, Alec Gwynn. Prate. Welcome back, Prate. Welcome back, Prate. Uh, thank you, Miroslav. Uh, it took a little bit to get me here, but you, you caught me, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. You were trying to escape from this show for, for a couple of weeks, yeah, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a resilient guy. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, Tom Hanks to my Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. I, I, I like that reference. You, you were, you're on point. 
Exactly. So, Alec, you always say you make your art slash merch for fun, but we've recently seen Denver's version of Ron Burgundy, Kyle Clark, wearing your shirt. So <laughs> what would be the next milestone for your art to reach? Uh, you know, uh, I think Jamal Murray is, is really the next target. I think that's the move. He, uh, there's a clip of him, uh, one of uh, this, this great fan that wore one of my shirts out in Australia. Uh, they got a clip of him seeing it and he loved it, but it seems impossible to try to get something to one of these guys because they're just so closed off and, and I don't want it to go, you know, missing at the ball arena. So it, that, that's my target here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Jokic is unrealistic target because your shirts are too luxurious for him. Oh, he likes the, those target uh, shirts, not, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and people have like showed him my stuff in the past that I've heard, and he's been thoroughly unenthused about it. So <laughs> I'm not, uh, not going to be pushing it on him anytime soon. Excellent. I, excellent. Did someone uh, gave him the horse, the horse and the, uh, the Sambor, right? The, uh, the him sitting there, and he said, oh, I, I look like a bandit. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks, Joke. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Man, you, you have more more uh, behind-the-scenes stories about Nicola than probably uh, a lot of other guys in Denver. So, my next guest is somebody who's been on my wish list for a long time. He's a former contributor at BSN Denver, which is still the best name of for the company ever. He is an incredible nature photographer, and honestly, I might have a fetish for calling up so many great photographers on this show. Everybody knows him as one of the OGs of the Nuggets Super Fandom. It's Johnny Domenico. Welcome hey, to guys. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Miroslav. So I feel like I know you for so many years, but this is us talking for the first time. Mm -hmm. Tell me, when did you become a Nuggets fan and what did the trip to the first championship look like to you? Oh, man, it, it's incredible. It's crazy to think back on, on the time, you know, Growing up, everybody loved the the Broncos here, and and like I loved football. That was my favorite sport when I was a kid growing up. But uh, I I kept wondering why nobody liked the Nuggets. You know, the Nuggets were kind of the forgotten team, and so I just kind of developed this interest in them. And, and you know, I was the one who was telling the kids, uh, you know, my friends during the Jeff Bezdelic era. I'm saying like, man, I know the scores are bad, but you got to watch this team. It's so fun. They play so hard, and like no one no one bought in then. <laughs> So, you know, through all the hard times, I feel like that's when I really developed this passion for the Nuggets. And I knew that one day if they could pull it off, like it would just be the most incredible feeling. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 I guess um, during the mellow years is when people started actually becoming interested in them. And, and that's when I started my own personal blog uh, covering the Nuggets, just kind of putting my thoughts out there and connecting with the, the the true OGs, you know, the Colorado sports guys um, and, and some of the other folks on there on Twitter. And um, I don't know, it's it's amazing. I was just thinking I'm actually in Portland right now. Um, there, by the way, there were no Trailblazers uh, hats or shirts in the airport. I, I was checking on the way there. Uh, there's a lot more Nuggets gear now, thanks to me. Um, but I just had the thought, like, it's all house money now, you know? It's like, I didn't know if this would ever come, the Nuggets winning a championship, and, and I got to be there. I was at game five, just uh, unbelievable experience, and, and, and now I just feel like I'm playing with house money for the rest of my sports fandom, you know? <laughs> we reached the mountaintop. Yeah, we, we always complain on NBA favorizing certain franchises, but in reality, NBA is probably the most fair league in the whole world because... 
everybody, everywhere outside of the NBA, you have those super rich clubs that just can attract all the best players on their rosters. So that's why a small team from from Denver, Colorado, after 40 years of being in purgatory or even in hell, uh, was able to finally get their share of luck and I guess uh, some good management uh, decisions to to get all the way to the top. Okay, uh, in in case you thought I've made a pact with the devil in order to have Gordon Gross last week, our injury recovery prognostician in the lineup 18 hours after Jamal's hamstring injury, wait until you see who's coming next. Just five days after we witnessed one of the most insane volcano-like hot shooting and scoring performances in limited minutes ever from Julian Strotter, here comes his biggest advocate, a guy that was telling us all along to stop overreacting to summer league shooting performances. He's the leader of the Nuggets draft Twitter, somebody that understands Calvin Boots moves months before the fact bite us uh, our collective ass. He is the contributor at Crown Hoops and also a St. John's basketball fan, whatever St. John's is. It's City Fazio. Welcome back, City. You're muted. Hey, Miroslav. Thanks for having me on. Uh, great to be back with everybody. Uh, appreciate the intro. That, that was great. We got to get you to watch some some St. John's basketball, though, coming up this year. Should be a fun time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, glad to be back on. Best franchise start, you know, in history, tied for, you know, for that record. So, uh, fun times with, you know, the Nuggets ahead. So, great to, to be here and, and break it down with you guys. So, so what's up with you except for running victory laps on Twitter for your great takes from this summer? Listen, I think uh, it's it's been a nice uh, year run with the championship, and uh, especially it's been cool with like seeing how the draft stuff has really kind of um, you know been in effect for me. Like I've I've really been doing draft stuff since 2014. That was the year that Jokic got uh, drafted, um, and I can't sit here and say I was the guy who wanted Jokic for the Nuggets back then, unfortunately. Uh, but I was a pretty big Gary Harris fan, um, you know, in 2014. So that, that's pretty cool to say. But, yeah, no, it's been cool to see, like, the draft, um, you know, t- uh, stuff really take off for the Nuggets with Brown and Strother this year. So it's been cool to kind of cover that and try to, you know, spread my takes on the timeline to get everybody ready for the draft. Excellent, excellent. Before we begin with the actual show, I- I'd like to try out a new little segment, asking my guests to give me one former Nugget from the Jokic era, they still love and root for, one they are irrelevant to, and one they actively root against or make jokes about. So, for instance, for me, it would be Big Monty, Mason Plumley, and Ball Ball. Although there are some good candidates at all three categories. So, Alec, give me your three guys and unmute yourself first. Uh, uh, well, I can't just pick Will Barton because I think that would be too on brand. Um, so gosh, <laughs> it would be way too on brand. Uh, so I'm going to go backwards. Uh, I'm going to go backwards with you. Blake Beasley has no love for me anymore whatsoever, uh, including all the antics uh, out in Minnesota and um, just the fact that he apparently unplugged the controller trying to play defense on that, that late game possession. <laughs> I have zero love for that man. And gosh, so um, and then one that I, you know, that I'm kind of mid on. I guess Mason Plumlee is a good example. You already took him. Gosh, uh, let's see here. You put me on the spot, Miroslav. <laughs> is this what you? Apparently, yeah. this is what you do here. 
Yeah, okay, skipping to yeah. skipping to players I do like. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Jameer Nelson. Congrats to him getting uh, the GM position there with the Blue Coats. Uh, he seemed like he was pretty instrumental in creating a, a culture for Jamal uh, to follow. And I know a lot of people were pretty upset when he was taking all of Jamal's minutes uh, that rookie season. But um, I think he did a lot for Jokic as well in terms of teaching him the right way to play basketball in the NBA. Um, if you don't have a, a middle ground, let's, let's move. Man. Johnny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's, let's keep it moving, Miroslav. You got it. Johnny? All right, I'm, I'm going to have to start. I'm going to steal Gary Harris. Sorry, CT, but <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. You know, he was such a – just the beginning of the Jokic era. And, like, he, he was that one who bridged the gap and kind of we went through all the hard times with before before we could start going up. So, you know, I think everyone wishes he could have been a part of this championship run, and, and he's someone that we all wish the best for whenever we watch him play. Um, so, I don't know. That's kind of an easy one, but I had to go there for, for that. Um, for mid, you know, for me, it's kind of funny because it's mid because it's high and low would be bones. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I, I'm, he was so fun and brought such great energy and, and the end was so awful, <laughs> but it's hard not to root for him a little bit. Um, so I don't know, I go back and forth, back and forth with him. Um, and then I, the, the easy answer, I don't know if it's the Jokic era, but Andre Iguodala just bottom of the barrel can't can't ever forgive that the mole you know that's it yeah he's a snake yep <laughs> nothing more to say like, like it could almost make it like george carl's stuff on twitter you know uh just how bad he is so yeah it's yeah i agree on 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 iguadala although i think you you you've made a little cup out there you didn't want to hurt the the guys that, that have been here more recently and there are some good candidates right. over there city <laughs> I'd say the Nuggets who I who I root for the most, um, even though he's not in the NBA anymore, is uh, Ken Fareed. Um, you know, he's been a guy who I really was a fan of growing up um, in 2011. When he got drafted, and his story was just really kind of like a really inspiring story. You know, someone from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey as well. Going to college, being like an underrated recruit, and then coming to the Nuggets. And he gave them a lot of great years. You know, won a gold medal with, with the FIBA World Cup team, and had some great years with Jokic as well, where he kind of was like the mold for Aaron Gordon, right? Where athletic lob finisher guy playing around the rim um wasn't obviously didn't have the defensive versatility like gordon did but he was a guy who, you know made highlight block shots and i just felt like he was really like an underappreciated nugget but also like a lot of people really liked him uh, as well so he'd probably be my uh favorite nugget that i root for and then probably mid uh it's gonna be a hot take uh trey lyles uh just because i just because that trade was just so disastrous that he and he was in it so it's just like I'll just throw him in the mix there. Uh, him and uh, and Tyler Lydon and that deal, um, and that that crazy draft that we had back then. And he's kind of turned into a decent you know rotation player for the Kings. So that's kind of you know kind of cool to see. And then probably most hated, got to go with Nurkic, man. I have to go with, with Yusuf Nurkic. Um, you know he was at a time he thought he was better than Jokic, and it's just completely delusional. And then he went to uh, the Blazers, and then remember when he had that. Uh, that situation after the Nuggets game where he was like, hope that those guys have a nice summer. And I mean, where, where's he been since? And then now he's with the Suns, and I, I hope the Nuggets can knock him out this year in the playoffs. That'd be the, the icing on the cake for the, uh, the Nurkic kind of uh, redemption arc that we see moving forward. 
we'll see what will happen. But the Suns might be so bad, I, I might even put Nurk back into the mid category. Like, like <laughs> I don't care, man. It's like <laughs> it's more fun for me to poke at, at ball or or KBD than Nurk. I don't There's, know. Uh, you'll like it. One day uh, I sat, I got to sit courtside. Uh, very luckily, I had a game where we were playing Nurkic, and uh, so of course I screamed out Yebise. Which uh, I believe uh, is some curse words in uh, Serbo-Croatian. We're not going to repeat it here, but I figured you'd, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he appreciated. Too, oh, he looked you know? at me. Yeah, he heard it. He heard it all right. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> it's always nice when you're abroad and you, you hear somebody speak your language, even even though he's really mean to you. <laughs> it's, still, it's still fun. You have to tell us what that means after the show, Miroslav. Oh, certainly yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> Offline, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, guys, let's take our first break and then we'll start with the real show. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we are back. It is time for the main course for today. I've called this segment, and I have it here, ranking the top nine after nine. So that doesn't mean anything, so I have to explain. Nine games are behind us. The champs are 8-1, and one, and they survived an incredibly condensed schedule from the jump. But also, let's be frank, had six home games, including the last four consecutive home games. I did not do this ranking according to my eye test. I used a very old advanced metric called win shares, which is basically an accumulative number that weighs how important a player was in games he played, and also values the fact that somebody played in more uh, minutes comparing, you know, to, to less games. That is why I didn't use the BPM, the box plus minus, which is a per minute stat, and nobody can hang with Jalen Pickett's plus 18.4 there. So that's why I chose the win shares. So without further ado, let's dive into the list. Tied at number nine, we have Zeke Nagy. He played in all nine games, 11 minutes per game, it's hard to have impressive per-game numbers in so few minutes. He only made 22 shot attempts from the field so far, and even fewer from the three-point line, just four shots in nine games. This, this brings his grand total of win shares to 0.2. Alec, this is Zeke's fourth season. We thought it was his make-or-break season, but then he got... Extended, so he's probably going to stay in the NBA for the next four seasons or five seasons even as well. So Coach Malone relies on him heavily, although he did put in DeAndre Jordan in a couple of, of times when he thought he would be overwhelmed with size. What's your content level with Zeke so far? Um, you know, honestly, I think the... Uh, the Calvin Booth pulled a, a Tim Connolly move by by overpaying a guy that uh, nobody thought deserved it, and I think it's working out already. Uh, that re it's really motivated him on the defensive end, and especially when we're asking him to play those those brutal five minutes that nobody but Jokic apparently likes to play, and uh, uh, that so that that showed up on the defensive end, I think, uh, more so than what he can contribute on offense because I, it seems like the book's out on on his shooting. It's it's not coming back as far as I'm I'm concerned. Yeah, Johnny, how did Zeke look to you so far? 
I think he's been solid. I kind of agree. You know, I think we, we think of players um, playing for that next contract, but I wonder if Zeke is the type of guy that needed to feel like the team believed in him to really try to hit that next level. So maybe getting that um, assurity of the contract has kind of helped him find a little confidence. Yeah. City did... Uh, before the season, actually after uh, Vlatko's injury, we saw the big chance for Zeke this season and also a big uh, uh, problem uh, for, for the Nuggets in case Zeke would not be, you know, ready to play in, in like 70 games this season. Uh, was this a, a, a big concern to you regarding his health and his contribution? And is what we've seen so far uh, like the best version of what we could have expected? Yeah, I think with Zeke, um, I don't really think he's like I think people try to like say with Zeke to make him more of like what than what he is. He's a guy who's who's going to be a role player for the Nuggets, um, and he brings a lot of good intangibles to the table, right? I think the Nuggets have their main kind of set of guys who bring the all-around play, right? I think they need the guys who fill in the gaps, and I think Zeke is a guy who defensively one through five he can switch. That's a pretty rare kind of uh, quality to have, especially as someone who's off the bench and can kind of fill in with uh, when Jokic kind of goes to rest. Um, and again, the three-pointer falling off a cliff is not really the greatest thing. Um, you'd like to see him make a couple more, but at least the fact that he could switch one through five, uh, and his passing has actually gotten a little bit better this year. You know, he's had some great kind of passes to, to Strawler in particular, um, some other guys cutting off the ball as well. So just with Zeke, he has to be a decent rebounder, a uh, pretty good shot blocker as well, which I think he's been, he's been decent to start the year. And then, like I said, his calling card is that defensive versatility one through five. So. Um, I think he's been okay to start the year. And I just think, like I said, the bench just can't really fall off a cliff. And he's been a guy who's been stable enough to where the Nuggets bench has looked a lot better than last year. So, Alec, do you expect more from Zeke? You know, um, I, I think I think it's a little too late to be expecting much more from him, at least offensively. You know, I think he's shown what he's got right now. And without a stronger playmaker next to him or something along the lines to help bring him along, uh, I think we just got to hope that he's staying locked in and healthy on the defensive end. And that's, that might be just enough is all we need, you know? So, so Johnny, how, how, how do you feel about his contract going forward? Are you feeling confident that he'll, he'll uh, uh, justify that contract in next five seasons on the Nuggets at that value? I mean, I think so. I think it's worth the risk anyway, especially given um, just the way the salary cap's going up and, and how uh, difficult it's going to be for the Nuggets to go outside of the organization to try to find anything, too, um, with, with kind of the new luxury tax um, implications. You know, finding that person who you can plug in there and you can trust to be solid, I think, is important. And If, if you don't do it, you could really find yourself in a hole um, without any any way to fill it. So I, I think it was smart to do now um, and, and just kind of bank on him and, and continue to trust in your staff and your culture building him up. City, if there's one thing you could point out as, uh, as the, the treat of his game that could get a significant boost until the end of this season, what would it be? Yeah, I think it's a three-point shot. I just think having another guy you could shoot from three, especially with the bench spacing right now, um, depending on if Strawder plays, he's the best shooter off the bench that they have. Uh, him shooting threes a little bit more and being more willing, I think, would be something that could open up the offense a little bit more, especially with Jamal out now. They don't really have 
a lot more offense off the bench unless you see MPJ starting to stagger more a little bit, which we kind of saw last game and the game before that when, when Murray went out. Um, but, yeah, if, if Zeke could get back to being, like, even just, like, a, a mid-30, even, like, a little bit on the lower side of 30% from three, I just think that'll open up the offense a lot more. Um, they've actually been kind of surprised that he's able to put the ball on the deck a little bit more than what we've seen. He's been able to kind of attack closeouts from three and get to the rim. The passing is still hit or miss a little bit, but at least he's been able to kind of take guys off the dribble and he looks pretty athletic. So as long as he stays healthy and like I said, just be a, a minutes eater. That's all they need from him right now. And then with his contract, you know, I think what Johnny said, I, I agree. I think his contract is, is kind of like what Tim Conley's done over the years, right? Where he kind of rewards guys early and it's paid off a lot of the time. You see guys with my MPJ's contract was taken into question a lot. Um, and he's, he's looked pretty good, you know, knock on wood with him being healthy. Murray, same thing. Jokic. Um, so I just think, you know, with Zeke, and, and again, I think his contract is tradable if it comes to it as well. Um, so I just think he's, a, he's for right now, he's an asset for what the Nuggets have on and off the court. <laughs> you said all of those contracts. Aaron Gordon, my God. One, <laughs> oh, sure, Gordon, Gordon as well. Yeah. My God. Is he making 23 right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Something like that. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Also, also tied at number nine with uh, 0.2 win shares is Julian Strutter. And he had no business of being on this list since he was out of the rotation at the beginning of the season. So he appeared in seven games, about 10 minutes per game, and six points per game on 39% from the three. Doesn't say anything. 21 points in 19 minutes with five of nine from the arc. And the team basically playing for him while he was on the court says a lot more. So City, give us your scouting report on what we've seen so far from from uh, Jay Straw. Jay Straw. Uh, just for me, like, I've, I've been a, a guy who's been, a, um, like I said, I'm really involved in the draft scouting process early on. And Straw was a guy who I, I've been scouting for the past three years with him and Gonzaga. And, um, you know, I was really, really high on the pick as far as, like, him being – I actually went on a podcast with Ryan Blackburn early in the draft process. We, we hit on him as far as a guy that the Nuggets could, could look to target with their bench because – you know, you see now with the Nuggets contracts are set up, you have, you know, all these guys who are making high money. The Nuggets need to hit on some kind of lower cost controlled rotation pieces. And uh, with Strawler in college, you know, he was a guy who's a dynamic shooter, uh, pretty good cutter as well. And he had, you know, kind of like an underrated uh, initiating game with as far as his, his guard skills as well. Um, I think we've seen that with the bench so far. You know, him and Gordon the other night had some really nice chemistry uh, in that Pelicans game that we saw. And then obviously the shooting was was electric. Uh, that was just really fun to watch, seeing him hit, you know, all these threes. You know, he's got more – I feel like he has more of a uh, kind of like a um, like a screw-up mentality than MPJ where he just, like, fires up the threes. Um, the other night against the Pelicans, he was doing that, getting the crowd involved as well, which was pretty fun. And I have to give a lot of credit to Malone. Um, you know, there's been, like, a narrative with Malone that he doesn't like to play rookies, and I, I disagree with that. You know, we saw Brown last year play in game two of the season early on, and he kind of he kind of knew that he was better than – Davon Reed off the bat, and it was Strawler as well. You know, he could have easily played Holiday in the first couple of games, and he didn't do that. He played Strawler off the bat, and it, it paid off. You know, he's kind of easing him into the game, which I think is really good as well. He's only playing like 10 minutes a game so far, but uh, it's been really cool to see him kind of like ease Strawler into the rotation. And again, the other night he didn't play too well, which is to be expected against a Warriors team that's so veteran, you know, heavy and, and you know, with their movement and things like that. So, um, Strawler, for me, he's kind of exceeded expectations right now. I think the defense is a little hit or miss, but the shooting is something that's a really big asset to playing with Jokic and with and with the bench. That's kind of a, a unit that's that's star for shooting. So, Alec, CT mentioned Gonzaga, and a, a funny funny story. I watched the movie Air today. You know, with with uh, oh sure, yeah, Matt Damon and and 
and his his body. The hour and a half long commercial, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like like a Nike movie, like like oh, that's so good. I want to learn more about multi-billion companies. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's give them some more airtime. But uh, kidding aside, I had no idea where Gonzaga is. I I've learned that watching watching that movie. <laughs> so Alec, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how surprised are you with what we've seen from uh, Jaystro so far? Um, I'm honestly surprised just in his confidence um, because uh, watching Summer League, he just kind of looked like another guy. And obviously, Summer League is just a whole other beast uh, in terms of trying to fit in. But uh, especially with his floaters, like he, he'll pull a floater out just, just automatically. And uh, it doesn't look great sometimes, but it just seems to be going in. And I'm really curious to see how he handles that with his confidence when that stops going in and what he what he continues to do. Uh, when that when that crazy shot's not falling, but been very impressed so far. Johnny, how would you uh, compare what we've seen from from uh, Strutter to what we've seen from Bones last year? You know, it's interesting. It's it's uh, a totally different feel for the game. You know, I think CT mentioned the guard skills, and that's what surprised me the most about it is that it reminds me a lot of Jamal, how Jamal plays guard, where. He's not quicker than anyone. He's not faster than anyone, but he knows how to get to where he wants to get to um, and, and how to set people up, including himself. Um, so I think kind of that watching him navigate the offense has, has impressed me the most where I feel like Bones was trying to force things quite a bit. You know, he, he believed in his own dribbling skills and he, he just believed he could force his way past everyone. And in the NBA, that wasn't happening right away. So I think it took Bones a little longer to figure out where he fit in, where it feels like Strother's just kind of finding those creases and finding his way in um, to the offense pretty seamlessly. So, um, yeah, that he, he really reminds me a lot of Jamal. Um, and, and, I mean, that's just perfect. You know, when, when Jamal's out, when you have a guy, a young guy who's kind of developing on that same path, that's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I've, I've been unfair to... to... To him, to to Jaystra, saying that he looks kind of short to me compared to his six seven height. But man, when he jumps for those rebounds, he's not he's not short at all. <laughs> he's yeah. pretty long. It yeah, looks, the, looks the effort really nice. on defense too. That's you know, the, I don't think he's quite there yet as far as the skills and knowing where to be. But the effort's been there, you know, and and that's um, I I think he'll get there if he wants to be good at defense. He has the the body and the athleticism to get there. Okay, one more guy before we take another break. At number eight, with 0.3 win shares, it's Peyton Watson. By the way, these numbers, 0.3 after nine games, that's not bad. That Those are those are pretty good numbers. So Peyton Watson, he is in the rotation from the jump, and we were a bit worried about that part. All, in, all nine games, 16 minutes per game. Okay, five and a half points on 62% true shooting. Two rebounds and... 10 blocks total. His defensive rating of 106 is second on the team only to Jokic's 105. So, Johnny, what are your thoughts on, on Piwat so far? I mean, the I feel like the, um, I don't know, the difference in between what he can be and what he is right now is still so big. It, it reminds me a lot of a defensive version of MPJ when MPJ was first starting to get a lot of minutes. You know, we knew he could shoot. Um, we weren't sure how the rest was going to fit into the team with, with Watson. We know he can play defense. We know he can block shots. Um, 
Um, but we're not sure how that's going to fit in with the team game. And, and you know, offensively, there's still a lot of question marks and, and his his comfort shooting and whether that'll come around. But uh, it, he, it seems like he's kind of in the anchor of a bench unit that is really hard to play against for the opposing team's bench units. You know, and that's so different than what we're used to when when Jokic and Murray went out, it seemed like we didn't have great offense and we didn't have great defense on the bench. And now, um, even if even if the offense isn't there at times, like the other team can't just come in and score when our starters go out. So I think Watson's been a big part of that, just making them uncomfortable. And I think if he can just kind of continue to be patient and develop the rest of his game and, and kind of that fit offensively and, and um, and defensively too, I think that um, we'll just kind of see him continue to rise up and, and affect the game in a lot of different ways. Because he, he just brings something to the table that nobody else on the team has. So it's exciting. Yeah, Alec, before the season, I was kind of buying his defense. I, I, I thought he would be really good over there, but I was I was petrified with his offense. I, I thought he might look like Bambi on ice. Uh, on offense, but he kind of plays his role, doesn't do too many different things, and he's pretty good in all of those things he is doing. So, so is is this kind of the best case scenario for him so far? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think and this goes back to Julian as well, and a, a lot of the younger guys. They all seem pretty locked in and, and focused when they're on the court and focused on their role. Um, I think. It's probably credit to the veterans and credit to winning a championship uh, where the standard is really set. But uh, yeah, in the offseason, you see him, you know, very boisterously talking about his game and you're like, all right, let's see it. But I'd rather see him play his role. And he's been doing that. So uh, it, hopefully the, the offensive game will come along, but he's doing exactly what we need to do and kind of staying his, in his lane. And, and that's perfect for me. City, are you surprised with his shots so far? It's it's been looking pretty good. Yeah, I'd say a little bit, you know, in college because his numbers weren't really that great. Um, you know, uh, Booth talked about it with, with UCLA. They play a lot of upperclassmen, so uh, Watson wasn't really playing as much. And um, I think that development from the G League that he had last year is really paying dividends right now just because he was able to get some experience. And uh, and this year, you know, the defense is his calling card. You know, being a guy who could guard one through four, maybe even some fives the other night and against the Pelicans, he was guarding Larry Nance in the paint. He's doing a pretty good job at that as well. Um, but yeah, just for the Nuggets to kind of have um, a, like a well, you know, balanced kind of, uh, you know, floor for what they have. Watson needs to shoot, you know, pretty decent percentage. But um, he's been really good so far. It's kind of exceeded my expectations as far as, you know, what he's brought to the table, too. Uh, he's played within his role, not taking many shots offensively that have been kind of out of rhythm. And like I said, the defense has been as, like a really big staple as far as able to, you know, cover for guys' mistakes and, uh, you know, block shots and protect the rim. So it's been pretty cool so far that the Nuggets have had, um, like, two guys in Brown, Watson, and then Strawler right now, I think a little, you know, he needs some more seasoning. But to kind of hit on, like, two guys in the draft, three guys in the draft like that, it's been really, really impressive to add to the Nuggets kind of cap structure that they have with their, you know, their uh, starting five is really, um, you know, with their contracts are, are pretty high. So you need to hit on guys like that. So um, to have Watson and Strawler and Brown kind of, you know, show out so far has been, a really big bonus to the Nuggets' kind of long-term plans. Yeah, I agree. And we have, we still have seven guys more to hit that that have shared the wins so far. So let's go on a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we are back. At number seven, 
it's my favorite story so far this season. It's Reggie Jackson's redemption tour. So the biggest concern before the season was what would Reggie look like in the minutes with Jokic on the court? Is he just a gunner with uh, average efficiency? But he looked great, at, le at least in my mind, and according to numbers as well, from the jump, he fitted like a glove so far in, in these games, especially in games uh, Jamal missed because of the injury. So 23 minutes per game, nine and a half points per game, almost four assists in those relatively limited minutes, just one turnover per game, 36% beyond uh, the arc. Alec, did we replace Brucey B's ball handling minutes smoothly so far? Um, gosh, that, you know, it's really a tough question because of the dynamic nature of Bruce's impact uh, to the team across the whole season. But I think credit to Calvin Booth, he's been able to recognize guys like Reggie that maybe not would not have played Jokic type ball uh, in the past, but uh, love the game of basketball and want to play the right way when they're here. And he's been perfect in that role. You know, it's going to take him, I think, a little to get the, the chucker out of him a little bit still. But maybe you need a chucker sometimes, too. And uh, big government does bail you out. So it was uh, it's been great to see uh, uh, his, his growth here compared to last season. So, Johnny, we've seen we've seen Reggie actually bail out Nuggets many times this season, which is comforting, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that goes to what we're talking about with the bench unit, kind of having a really strong defensive um, identity right now, but not knowing what to do on offense. And, and like, that's where you need that person who's confident shooting. You know, you need someone who's willing to go and um, try to put some points up um, either way. And, and Reggie's a guy that, like, I feel like every other year I was either like, man, we got to get this guy on the Nuggets, or, man, I don't want this guy anywhere near the Nuggets, you know? And so... It's cool to see we, we, we've kind of got both. The end of last season, it looked like he was lost and didn't know where he fit in. And, and now he's totally bought in um, to the team and kind of knows his role and, and is doing a great job. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. CT, 20 minutes per game for a 34-year-old guy. Is it too much or, or is it something that, that he should manage this season? Uh, I think he's okay to manage it this year. Um, definitely that he's getting a little older is, is somewhat of a concern. But um, for me personally, like I was pretty critical of the Reggie move last summer. Uh, and I know a lot of Nuggets Twitter was as well. Um, so I'll definitely have to take the L on that one. He's been really, really good so far as far as his, um, like Alec mentioned as well, like he's really not straight away from playing the Nuggets brand of basketball. Like you would kind of see last year, he'd break off plays and just not play through Jokic, right? This year, like you see in the Warriors game in particular down the stretch, had two plays where he gave the ball to Jokic, cut to the rim, easy, easy bucket. So that's that's cool to see that he's kind of bought into the Nuggets brand of basketball. But he's been really good all around. Even the defense has been pretty good for the most part. Um, where I know he's not like the tallest guy, he's kind of a little shorter than Jamal, but he's got a seven foot wingspan to kind of make up for that. So all around, he's been really good. And I'm kind of interested to see how he goes, uh, how he does moving forward with Jamal's injury. He's going to have a lot of responsibility uh, running the offense with the starters and then kind of stacking with the bench as well. So it should be. Pretty interesting time to see how Reggie fares on that end. Yes, time for guy number six on this list, and it might be the first surprise, but not to the people that are locked in into the uh, advanced stats for years. With 0.5 win shares is Jamal Murray. So the year of Jamal didn't start great numbers-wise, even though we know this was 
by far the best version of regular season Jamal so far. He only played for nine minutes in that Chicago game when he injured his hamstring. So his minutes average is only 31. 16 points on 44% from the arc. Wow. Although only four and a half attempts per game. Seven and a half assists, career high, and only 2.6 rebounds per game, which is pretty surprising. If he indeed misses the rest of November, that's going to be at least 12 games missed and probably more. That might cost him not being him not being an all-star again. So, City, what's your biggest positives and what are your biggest concerns about Jamal's level of play so far? Yeah, I think with Jamal, I think he just always starts the season off a little bit kind of uh, – I don't know if it's slow is the right word, but kind of more methodical as far as like how he's going to manage uh, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And um, I actually looked up the numbers last year through uh, 10 games. And I know he's coming off the ACL. He was averaging 16 points, four assists, four rebounds on 44 and 36 from the field and, and three point percentage. So he kind of always starts a little bit slower on that end, just kind of work his way into the offense. But just for me with Jamal, it's just, I've always been impressed, especially like last year, and this year, like his point guarding skills have gotten really good as far as his assisting and the way he's setting up the offense and playing alongside Jokic. Um, where I don't really have too many concerns. I think um, defensively, maybe like it's always a little bit hit or miss, but um, like his point guarding skills have been really good. His shooting's always been pretty good. Um, and like you mentioned with the All Star appearance, you know that's it's a bummer because I, I wanted Jamal to make the All Star team this year. I think he really deserved it. Um, but on the other hand, if he like with the All NBA stuff. Um, the Nuggets like kind of dynasty plans, as Booth said it, it might come more into effect with if he doesn't get that big deal, the Nuggets might be able to keep their starting five together. You know, personally for me, I would like the starting five to be together through Jokic's whole career. I just think this starting five is the best starting five and the most kind of like identifiable with the fans as well, um, that they'll have the best chance to win the finals. So um, stinks for Jamal to go out. Uh, wishing him a speedy recovery, um, but I've been impressed for the most part with what I've seen. But you know, hopefully, when he comes back, he could pick off, uh, pick up right where he left off. I I'm always glad when the players get paid, but I can live with Jamal earning like fifty million dollars less. Like you have like four hundred million, it's you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. So, Alec, two years ago, while we were waiting for Jamal to come back, did you ever think that he might be a guy that helps winning championships? by making 10 assists per game instead of, you know, scoring 30 a game? You know, I think one of the defining traits of Jamal is uh, self-belief, right? belief in him. Like when he would, the day he was drafted, he said, I'm a point guard, right? And it might have taken him four years to really get earned that title. But uh, you, you remember how much we used to, to cry about the entry passes to Jokic. And, and now he's doing it with a, a flair that uh, you just love to see. And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely bummed that uh, he won't get the accolades maybe that he might deserve. But uh, I think it shows that how much uh, the all-star game and, and even all-NBA is kind of antithetical to Nuggets basketball, where the ball is just shared everywhere and you don't know who's going to get all the points every night. And that'll win you a championship, but it might not uh, get you the big contract. So uh, either way, I'm, I'm really um, – I, I, I think – I believe in Jamal Murray because he believes in himself and he always has, and, and he's proven it to this point, so – Johnny, can this month off be a blessing in disguise for Jamal? Like, take a bit of rest, work on your body a bit more, and then do the second half of season at full power? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think Jamal plays so hard. I think he's hard on his body when he plays too. He, he puts so much into it, especially when games get real competitive, you know. So I think that any rest you can get him during the season will will help in the long run. And, and I think the other thing that I really like about what I've seen um, just him dealing with the injury is he doesn't seem to care. You know, it doesn't seem like he cares about that all-star thing or the all-NBA or, or the big paycheck. Like, he wants to win games. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Jokic and Murray both having that mindset has really spread to the rest of the team. If, if anybody on the team uh, could have that feeling of I deserve more, I'm not getting the respect I deserve, if, you know, I, I, I should get my numbers up so I can prove it, like he'd be the one that, that I think um, would be doing it, but he's not. And, and if he doesn't do it, then I don't think anyone else on the team is going to do it. So I, I think it's cool to see his mindset really helping affect the rest of the team. Excellent. Excellent. I couldn't agree more. So, tied at number four with 0.6 win shares, it's Calvin Boots first hit Christian Brown. 20 minutes per game, which seems a bit low to me. I hope for a bit more. But it helps him keep his high in intensity uh, of his play, I guess. Almost eight points per game, which is significant comparing to what we saw last year. Five huge rebounds per game, and even two and a half assists, which also impresses. But his shot doesn't look great yet. So, Johnny, are you surprised that Christian is this high on the list? I don't know. I don't know if I'm that surprised. I mean, it, it's pretty clear he's affecting the game every time he's in there. You know, he he makes it hard for the other team. I mean, he he as much as Peyton Watson anchors that defensive bench unit. Uh, it, Christian Brown's the one that's making it so difficult for everybody. You know, he's the one who who makes the entry passes hard. He's always in the way, disrupting passing lanes. Um, he he just makes the the whole thing difficult. And and um, those are the types of impacts you expect to see in those types of numbers. You know that you don't see um, in the other counting stats. So um, I'm not surprised that much. And and I think you know it's funny. He reminds me of a Gary Harris without the expectations to be anything bigger. You know, he he's that defensive disruptor. Maybe he'll make shots. Maybe he won't. But we're not banking on those shots. We don't need those shots. They're kind of a plus if he's in there. So I I hope that that'll improve. And I do think it will. But um, I I'm just so impressed with him. And I think he's exactly what the the bench and and even the he's a great one to play along the side the starters too who have all that offense and he can become a cutter and not have to be just a shooter at that point too uh, alec is there a guy out there like a not like a big but a but a wing guy you are petrified when you see that that christian brown is guarding him <laughs> well, uh, petrified that when Christian Brown's guarding him, like, oh, yeah. oh no, he's going to yeah, cut like, Christian Brown. No, yeah, not a single one, yeah. right? Christian's, yeah. uh, I think everybody's scared of him. Uh, he's, he, he literally looks like a dog sometimes out there, you know? Like, <laughs> it's not just inside, it's outside too. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've been really, I've been happy with this contribution. And, and I think for the current team and the current setting, he's, he's perfect. But I, I do have uh, uh, some trepidation about the future and can, can he replace a, a, be a starting two or three with without the, uh, the offensive skill set that, you know, KCP has or that AG has uh, and or Mike rather. But uh, right now he's been fantastic. And uh, as long as he's barking at guys, we're, we're, we're in good good position. City, is there a, a, a threat in his game you think he is on a brink 
of of getting much better than what he is today? Uh, I think the shooting. Um, I, I have pretty big confidence in his three-point shooting. Um, he was a guy who shot like 37-ish around for his 37, 38% for his career at Kansas. So that was across a three-year span. So I just think his shooting is, is going to get better. A um, little slow start to the year. I think that was in due parts of the calf injury. But uh, he shot 35% last year from three, which is, you know, close league average in, in that way. So he wasn't like great, but he wasn't also a bad shooter. So you had to kind of respect his shot in that aspect so i think the three-point shots gonna get better and i just think for me like a lot of people have kind of like had too high of expectations for brown in my opinion where they were like can he run pick and roll can he do more and this and that and it's just like i think bruce's uh kind of uh, absence has a lot of other guys stepping up for that where it's not like a one for one kind of replacement so um for me i just think brown is a guy who's playable and he's like the nuggets sixth or seventh man right now which is what the nuggets need they did a guy who's a good defender uh, gonna cut well and, and kind of just fill in the gaps offensively uh, you know whether that's with the starters or with the bench so I think he's been pretty good for the most part but yeah you want that three point percentage to go up because he's only shooting 25% right now so I think he got that up to like the mid-30s range that he was last year I think will be uh, be pretty good moving forward We only have four four guys left and the, those are the least interesting guys on the list because you kind of always know what you're going to get from them But we'll get there right after this short break. Okay, one more guy who is tied at number four with 0.6 win shares is Kenny Pope. 33 minutes per game, which is second only to Nicola. 10 points, two steals, 43% from the arc. What? I want to say he got eight out of nine defensive player of the game chains. That might be wrong, but he got plenty. One day, he'll probably regress physically, so he won't be able to play this kind of top-level defense. But that day isn't today. Alec, I'm not sure there's a better 3 and D option at the two out there. Should we expect some KCP-themed merch from you since he's such a legend out there? Oh, certainly. I, you know, I think uh, one of my goals recently is I need to start focusing on people that aren't Jokic. Uh, <laughs> come to find out, uh, he's, he's, he's kind of my muse, I guess, since all I do is just draw Jokic. But uh, I, I've been, you know, I would have just expected KCP to be as good as last year or falling off a little bit just with age. And he has just been outstanding. Uh, you, it, you know, Malone can be a bit corny at times. And with all the defensive player, the game change, you're like, Uh, all right, maybe someone else might deserve, but no, it's been all him, and uh, it's been absolutely outstanding. Uh, there's there's plenty of great breakdowns out there. I think is it Yaya Dubin? Is that a Dubin uh, on Twitter? He did a, a fantastic breakdown of just everything KCP and the Nuggets are doing uh, right now, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, uh, CT, would you let, let's just pretend we have a magic wand? Would you? switch uh, uh, KCP with anybody out there in the NBA and not, you know, change the position. I'm not talking about like Mike, Michael Bridges or something like that. Just, uh, right. just a two guard out there. As far as fit goes, I don't think so. Um, I, I really don't just because KCP is a guy that the Nuggets have needed for so long. Um, when you kind of look back at, uh, I tweeted the other day, actually, you know, Gary Harris um, was the guy who was really in the mold of like what the Nuggets needed at the guard spot defensively. Then you saw with Austin Rivers as well. He wasn't obviously as good or impactful, but he kind of was a defender that was needed around 
um, Jokic and kind of where the regular season is, you need guys to like fill in the gaps defensively against, you know, a night after night basis. And KCP is a guy night after night. His defensive versatility is, is really, really special, in my opinion. Just seeing him guard point guards and shooting guards and even slide down to the three where he was guarding Brandon Ingram the other night pretty well, pretty, uh, pretty good as well. So, um, and especially with Booth extending him a year early when he got traded here, it was such a great move um, just because the Nuggets need. Uh, you know, their starters locked up for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, no, I think KCP right now is the guy who is like the dream fit uh, for what the Nuggets uh, starting two guard spot has right now. Uh, he can become a free agent next summer, right? Is it I think it's summer? a pl- uh, player option, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has a player option. So he might. 24, a, I believe, right? Yeah, 24. I, I believe so. So, Johnny, are you, are you scared that the Nuggets might not be able to, to keep him? I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's a fear right now, just with the, you know, the financial realities of everything is, is with Bruce and with Jeff Green. And, you know, it's it's hard to pass up that money. And and he is certainly the type of player that I think teams are going to throw money at. The, he is getting older and there is that fear that the athleticism won't be there, you know, forever. So, um, you know, that gives me hope that they'll be able to bring him back. And I think he recognizes that it's a perfect fit, too. So he he's not as open about it as someone like AG maybe, you know, he's a little more guarded with that stuff, but um, I, I wouldn't be too surprised either way with that. Um, but, you know, I think even like we've been talking about, even if they're not the perfect replacement for him, there's some younger players that, that can plug in there and fill in parts of that too. So um, it, it's a fear, but it, it, you know, it's funny. I feel like for years, KCP was the guy that Nuggets Twitter was all, all over. They're like, this guy would be the perfect fit. This guy would be the perfect fit. And it was great to see they, they went and got him and, and everyone was right. And it's worked out great too. Okay. Top three, the best front court, front court in the world. Tied at number two with 0.9 win shares is a guy who continued where he left in June Nobody can hunt him on defense anymore. He's averaging 29 minutes per game, which is pretty good, considering his health concerns. 16 points, 37% from the arc on excellent seventh attempts per game, and that percentage is going to rise, I believe. Eight rebounds, two assists, one block. It's Michael Porter Jr. So, CT, is there a, and I'm repeating myself, is there a 3 and D 6-10 wing in the league you would take before Michael today? There is not. Not even Kevin Durant. Oh, definitely not Kevin Durant. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're trying to win here, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, with Mike, it's just, I'm just really impressed with the player that he's become. Uh, if you like really look back at when he was drafted to now, like the, the big kind of concern when the Nuggets gave him that contract was, was he able to buy into a team construct? Was he able to buy into playing more than just the offensive game that we know he, he's capable of playing, which, you know, we've seen so far in his career, um, you know, with the exception of the finals. But, I mean, he was still great, you know, in other aspects of the game. But, uh, you know, Mike, even last year, back from his injury, he was averaging 18 points, 49% from three and 49% from the field. So he's kind of synonymous numbers. The three-point percentage is a little down this year just because – of that kind of ankle injury. But, you know, Mike is just a guy who's just been really, really good as far as both sides of the ball. Like that compilation from, uh, you know, Matt Brooks, a good friend, uh, he posted the other day of him guarding Luka Doncic. I mean, what a development that we've seen from Mike. I mean, you, if I asked you three years ago, him having a compilation like that, guarding uh, the likes of Jimmy Butler or LeBron in the playoffs and then guarding a Luka now, like, would you believe that? I mean, I don't, I don't, even I wouldn't have even believed him 
him doing that. So, and for the Nuggets to have like their success that they have right now and how they were able to win a championship was they needed Mike not to be a liability defensively. And, and Malone getting that buy-in was something that's incredible. Um, but I think I, with this upcoming stretch, I'm really interested in seeing how he fares as the number two, kind of number two, three option offensively. Cause he's got a lot of leeway now to kind of get, you know, as many shots up as he wants next to Jokic. Um, and I think he's going to have a lot of runway. I think Malone is a guy who has a lot of belief in him offensively and especially now at this point in his career. So I'm interested to see how he fares. And I think he's going to um, take off and maybe we'll see uh, an all-star appearance in the cards. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Alec, I was famously low on, on Michael Porter, not on him as a player, but on the fact that he is a guy that has missed so many de- developmental years of his career. And he's he's only just like, one year younger than Jamal, for instance. Mm-hmm. So we can call him a late bloomer now, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, the biggest thing I've noticed this season is how much the game has slowed down for him and how he's thinking through things, you know, on offense and on defense. Uh, before, where he'd come off a curl and just immediately pull up, now he's pulling up and then passing that ball off or finding the open guy or cutting in and doing things that take that take time developmentally to learn right uh he's never had it so his shot may come but uh you know we all know how good he looks shooting it but the fact that he's been uh able to read the game in a way that i we he just didn't show for for three years uh is pretty great to see <clears throat> johnny i i might start calling michael porter steve carell of nba because steve carell <laughs> kind of became a star uh, after he turned 40. So, also you know, a forty-year-old virgin. Yes, yeah, same deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, Mike, Mike is a good Christian boy. Who knows? Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. we, we do kind of fear that his career might not be super long. Like we, we might see the rest of his contract he's currently under, and maybe a couple of years after that. So, do you expect him to be the part of the Nuggets? throughout that contract or do you think there's a possibility they might you know move on from him at at a later stage yeah it's so hard to say with with the injury i actually had the same back surgery uh, his first one that micro discectomy too so it's like interesting to think about it doesn't bother me much but i'm also not an nba player (laughs) going doing physical things like him every night um you know it's that's got to be in the back of their minds is how how much can you um, invest in that and and is there a time when you can sell high but but i mean if, if he's not i don't know how you're going to get that back i don't know how you're going to get the production back especially now that we've seen the the defensive play um come around you know and the, I, I always thought he could be a good help defense defensive player with the rim protection and um he showed some of that early on but the way he's you see him focused on his footwork you know when he's matched up one on one it it may not always be perfect but the fact that the efforts there the focus is there and that he's working on the defensive part of the game and that the shot is just incredible you know there's there are very few people who can shoot a basketball like him so the temptation may be there to try to sell high but um i, I don't know the risk of of losing that production would be too much for me to explore too too fully Okay, another guy at uh, number two with 0.9 win shares is a guy that I will defend until the bitter end. We thought he couldn't be more beloved by the Nuggets fans this June, but somehow he came back even better and stronger. Even when he misses the shot or loses the ball, 
He's always there to recover it. He's a firmly a part of Denver's big three today. 31 minutes, 13 and a half points, seven rebounds, almost four assists, one and a half steals, one block. If there's one thing he could improve, it's his free throw shooting. Other than that, Aaron Gordon should be a shoe win for the All-Star game. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mr. Nugget, he's he's the guy. He's the one who really encapsulates, you know, Nuggets fans and, and gets fired up for us and with us. And um, seeing him walk through the streets after game five and winning the championship, you know, I, I love how much he's embraced the team and the city and uh, in his role, because I was a little nervous, honestly, when, when the trade happened. He was a guy who had been a superstar and was kind of dreamed to be – um, the face of a franchise and, and you'd see him go on these hot streaks when his three pointer was falling. And then if that wasn't falling, you know, he kind of faded and, and wasn't affecting the game for, for those magic teams. So um, to see him not just like embrace the role, but really like run with it and get excited about his role and become the ultimate role player on a team that needed exactly that. Um, it, it's, it's just been amazing. You know, he, I think before we got him, we were saying we needed to get that Kenyon Martin type of player back um, that the Mellow teams had. And, and he's way, way beyond that. You know, what, what he is, I couldn't imagine a more perfect fit for the Nuggets. Yeah, so Alec, when you look at uh, Aaron Gordon on the, on the court, he kind of looks like a forward version of Steven Adams. Like the ball is, 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 is you know, going down and he is in the vicinity of the ball, there's no way somebody else is catching it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. He, he has a tree trunk of a man. Uh, it's, it's pretty impressive how even when he's got two, three guys he's battling with this season, he's been able to find space and get the ball up. Uh, and almost had a classic Jokic, like four rebound tip in uh, effort last game that unfortunately didn't go in. But uh, uh, Aaron Gordon, I mean, there's nothing you can bad to say about this man. I, I want to be Aaron Gordon when I grow up. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so city <laughs> what should what should ag do uh in the next couple of months to 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 get the the all-star nod yeah i think he's got as good of an opportunity moving forward as anyone you know especially like him and mpj are kind of battling for that i think number two uh spot with denver in the all-star game next to Jokic. but yeah i think his uh shooting offensively has to get a little better uh, i think he's starting a little little slow on that end um but other than that, I mean, defense has been incredible. His playmaking has been great. Uh, rebounding, uh, his dunking is coming back a little bit now after like a slower start to the year. So he's been fantastic. So I think he's got a really good chance to make the All-Star game. I know last year I think he should have probably been in that discussion as well. He was up until the end. Um, but I think he's got a really good chance, you know, going into the year. And just, you know, Denver's front quarter is just so dynamic with MPJ, uh, his spacing and shooting, AG with his kind of rim gravity. I just don't think there's like a better three – person combination in the front court than what the Nuggets have. It's just such a really like nice blend of skills and um, they really complement each other well. So definitely uh, looking forward to how that trio kind of does moving forward in, in Murray's absence. Okay, there's one more guy to talk about. Let me see who it is. Who um, could that be? Yeah. Oh, so, so we've seen, we've heard uh, a lot of high praises for the guys who are second only to Jokic in this or that category. 34 minutes, 29 points, what? 13 rebounds, eight assists, a steal and a block. His three-point shot disappeared in the last game, 
but we can file that to exhaustion to to exhaustion cabinet like put it there i don't know if we should even talk about nicola i have no words what about you alec um no divinely intervened or intervention words like the only thing i can say about him is that they will write historic novels about this man they will <laughs> they will write about how he came and changed the game of basketball in a way that nobody else has and uh it's brilliant to see him you know i think the maturity side of it where part of it is that everybody's buying in right now in a way that we haven't seen all the from one through 15. um and you know Jokic used to get kind of annoyed with mike or annoyed uh, with jamal even or whatnot and you don't see a single bit of that right now everybody's playing the way he wants to play and uh what happens happens but uh this man uh yeah i can't can't say anything else about him he's he's amazing city <laughs> are there any words about him right now i mean i just think he's in line to get another mvp you know in case unless uh, another one of those tricks comes out that we can't get another one for the third in a row um <laughs> <laughs> but i just think Jokic. like i really hate the narrative going into the year that that they were like um a lot of like nba twitter people are like the pundits they're, they're always like he hates basketball it's a side job to him i'm like do you see how passionate he is about the game did you see him when he won the championship last year and even this year he could have slept walk into the year and said you know what we won the championship you know who cares about this regular season but he's coming with the renewed focus and it's been really cool to see like he's really taking a lot of the guys under his wing and kind of like coaching them up on the sidelines and you know, see him talking with Strother, see him talking with a Watson or an MPJ and saying like, hey, maybe you should do this or this. And it's pretty cool to see him be more vocal this year as well. Like you see him in the huddles. Um, he's really more instructive about what he wants to see out there. And the Nuggets, you know, other players are really following his lead and, and kind of believing in him as well. So I think that's been really cool to see him kind of take on that that role as like more of a leader type and on the floor and, and off the floor as well. Johnny, I think Joel Embiid is He's having a really great season so far. And I think he has a better case of being an MVP this season than last, than last season. But, man, if the Nuggets just go like like 65 and 17, what are you going to do? No, I mean, there's, there, you know, it's not even just the wins or, or um, the, the numbers, really. It's how he's doing it. You know, you, everybody who watches the games and people are actually watching the Nuggets games now, which is nice. Um, they come away saying, like, how do you stop it? You can't stop this guy. You know, there's just no answers for him out there. And um, I, I don't know, my big thing with Jokic, it was we always laugh about, like, who's in the conversation for MVP? Like, oh, well, they're, they're not there, but they're in the conversation, you know? Well, now we're talking about the conversation for Jokic is, you know, what, where does he rank all time? And, and he's up there. He's, he wasn't top 75, but, you know, is he top 10? Is he, is he in the top five discussion now? So, and, you know, it's pretty exciting just to see everybody recognize that greatness and how inevitable he is. Yeah, so I mentioned that we we praise our guys to be second to only Nikola Jokic, and this this is inspired me to to make one small game for the end of this show that is called second to one. So I'm gonna give you a stat, and you will tell me who is the second guy on the Nuggets in this particular stat. Now it's not always Jokic at, at number one, so you can use Jokic as an answer too. So let's let's just run through it quickly. Alec, first question for you. Who had the second most total field goal attempts this season for the Nuggets? 
Uh, it just feels like a trick question. Uh, I'm going to go with Jamal Murray. That is incorrect. Johnny? Uh, let's see. I'll go with MPJ. Yes, MPJ is correct. <laughs> of course. Jamal was, of course, number two. On brand. He got, yeah. he, until he got injured, but now MPJ is over there. He has uh, shot 120 field goals next to Jokic's 172. Not really, not really close. So, okay. <laughs> Okay, next question for Johnny. Who had the second most total three-pointers made this season for the Nuggets? Three-pointers made. I'm going to go with Jamal for that one. That is incorrect. CT. <laughs> I'm going to go with KCP. Yes, that's right. KCP made 15 three-pointers. He is second to Michael Porter's 24. Okay, next question for CT. Who had the second most total rebounds this season for the Nuggets? Can I go two for two here? MPJ. That is correct. That is, of course, correct. That's the easiest question <laughs> today, I have to be completely honest. Back to Alec. Who had the second best defensive rating this season for the Nuggets? I'm going to go with Nicole Jokic. That is incorrect, Johnny. <laughs> Man, second best defensive rating. I will go with Aaron Gordon. That's correct. Actually, Aaron Gordon and Peyton Watson are tied <laughs> at two. And I actually mentioned this when I was talking about P. Watt. So, yeah. Uh, we, we were paying attention. <laughs> I was just playing along. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Johnny, next question is for you. Who had the second best net rating 10 minutes per game minimum this season for the Nuggets? I had to put this qualifier of 10 minutes per game because of uh, uh, Javon Pickett. He has like a 180 <laughs> yeah. offensive rating. So. <laughs> That's who I was going to guess. So I'm glad you said that. Um, I'll second go best with, net rating. Yeah, I'll, I will go with um, MPJ. That is incorrect. City. I'm going to go with Gordon. That is also incorrect. Oh. Alec. Well, that was my answer, shit. Um, let's go. We're just going to get how many players do we have left on the roster. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with KCP. That is also incorrect. It's actually <laughs> Colin Gillespie who just crossed the threshold of 10 minutes per game. Yes, his net rating is plus 14, second best on the team after Jokic's plus 25. Oh my god. Start calling, man. Start calling. Yeah, let's get steady Gillespie. Let's get it going. <laughs> okay, last question is for CT. So, second best true, true shooting percentage. Again, 10 minutes per game minimum this season for the Nuggets. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with Gordon again. Incorrect. Alec. Oh, MPJ. Incorrect. Johnny. <laughs> Oh, man, I'll, I'll go with KCP. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. KCP KCP has 62.3% to Jokic's 67.7. So, I guess. <laughs> wow. I guess, uh, yeah. Re really Close good. Actually, Pivot was actually number two up until last week. He was amazing in the first uh, 10 days of season, but now he's dropped down a bit. Okay, guys, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me for the last 70 minutes. Some uh, some parting thoughts. Alex, do you have uh, something to promote? 
from your. I mean, obviously, page. obviously, uh, if you'd like to uh, wear some silly nuggets uh, gear, you can go to uh, Lurk Designs. Uh, just Google uh, L U R K Lurk Designs. But uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate you, Miroslav, and, and your role in this community and uh, the show. And uh, wouldn't be the same without you, my friend. Yeah, CT. Uh, anything to promote? Something you're working on right now? I actually, I'm working on some new draft content for the NBA draft. Um, I haven't done as much as I've liked to in the past year, so uh, we'll have some stuff out uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, other than that, I keep posting some Nuggets stats or some, uh, you know, some plays that I uh, that I like to see watching the game. So, other than that, uh, just some some writing coming out. But uh, thanks for having me on, Miroslav. Great to be with the with the guys as well. Um, so looking forward to, uh, you know, the, we have another game coming up tomorrow. I feel like it's been, uh, you know, so long since we've. Yeah, I'm ready. Play. I'm excited. <laughs> yep. It's good to be back to watch the Nuggets ball tomorrow. Johnny, you have some amazing nature photos uh, on, on your blog. Where, where, where can people find your, your art? Yeah, thank you. Right, right now, it's pretty much just Instagram at natures.heroes. I, I love getting wildlife landscape photos and cruising around the Rocky Mountains and other places if I have a chance to. But yeah, I, I try to post some on Twitter too, but that's in between all my, my live streaming thoughts on Nuggets games too. So, <laughs> you know, if you want Nuggets and nature, that's my Twitter feed. I'm telling you, Johnny's pictures are absolutely outstanding. Uh, please follow this man because uh, it's just it's great to see in the surrounding areas of Colorado, and, and it's fantastic. I appreciate that. Thank you, Alex. Thank to everybody and to you, my dear listener. Thank you for hanging out with us this week again, and up until next week, Idemonagetsi. <laughs>